This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. And because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. You're listening to the We're Not Fine podcast with Doug Jensen and Dr. Talia Jackson. Welcome, everybody, to one of our favorite conversations that Talia and I love talking about, which is chemistry. And anybody who knows or is in my practice knows that I developed the four C's of relationships a few years ago. And the first C is chemistry. Chemistry, communication, compromise, and commitment are the four C's. We're going to cover all of them at some point. But today we're going to cover chemistry, which is so exciting for the two of us to talk about. And so, you know, it starts by kind of defining like, what is chemistry? Why is it important? And then we're going to go into some nuances of this. And my take on it, and I cannot wait to hear your take, Talia, is that, you know, in order to have a really uh, meaningful, sustaining relationship with anybody, it starts with really great chemistry, both physically and emotionally. I'm going to add the emotional side. And, you know, everybody, I think, has those moments where they've been, they've met somebody and either they're like, damn, they're attractive, or they meet somebody and there's this conversation that kind of just goes really nicely and easily, and you want more. And, you know, I would define chemistry also in a physical way. Like, I think we get, you know, our hearts start beating, our bodies start warming up. We get nervous around that person. Yeah, we can't, We when they make contact with us or they text us or we have a new text chime for them or something because we know it's them, we start to get really distracted. Like, oh, what did they say to me? So that chemistry is something that I believe is entirely sub or unconscious. I don't think we have any clue how it works for sure. And then there's this whole conversation about pheromones. But you know, that's what chemistry is to me. What are your thoughts? This is also very exciting to me because I love, I'm all about relationships. I'm all about love. I'm such a romantic. I say, drop it all and move across the country. Go for it. Just follow that chemistry. Me too. And so it's really important to think about, I mean, so chemistry, I totally agree with you. I think it's like a brain and body hijack. It is a visceral reaction. Like there is a magnetic force between you and somebody else. And it is, it's, it's physical, it's emotional. It's just like, I think leaning in because it feels so good and feels so easy. And I think that because our human brains, much like penguins, are wired to find a forever mate. Actually, that's up for debate. I'm not really sure. We're gonna we're gonna continue to talk about whether or not monogamy is even. Yeah, we're gonna talk about that. And I also feel like we're probably gonna be talking a little bit about polyamory today as well, because I couldn't find anything about new relationship energy in 
the monogamy field, but it's everywhere in polyamory. And so I think that that new relationship energy is that magnetic pull, that chemistry. And because we're wired to find a mate, I think that when we are surrounded by... Or mates. Or mates, to be continued. But I think that when we find someone that might be our future, might be a forever, our bodies react and our brains react. And we do all sorts of leaning in, girls like, you know, the twiddling the hair. I also think that with chemistry... We should talk about chemistry versus compatibility. Oh, I love that conversation. I, you know, and in that, I want to say two things. So we're going to be way off topic on this, but I want to bring it up anyway. You know, you mentioned polyamory. When you're in a relationship, even if you have, you know, decided going back to the four C's and kind of what a contract might be at the end, like when you've, when you really negotiated your relationship and you can, you know, commit to whatever is you agreed on, it might be monogamy. And if it's monogamy, it doesn't mean you're not going to have chemistry with somebody else. Right. And because of the contract of that relationship, you still need to be, you know, within the contract until you open that back up, which is what, you know, again, some polyamorous relationships have evolved into. The thing that I would say about, and I, I do think, by the way, I think honeybees, there's a bunch of conversation with bees about pheromones. You said penguins. Yeah, because they mate for life and they're so cute. It sounds like you have chemistry with a penguin. Oh my God. They're so cute. Have you seen those beaks? <laughs> I uh, I have not the way that you have, clearly. This is what I want to say, though. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, we're attracted to multiple people. And so when you talk about compatibility, that takes it a little bit further. And I think that's where we get into something we were going to talk about is kind of what the downside of some chemistry is. Like when you have that really strong pull to somebody, and that's why I mentioned the emotional chemistry too. I feel like what we need is that compatibility and reciprocity. And it's kind of like if as a gay man, I might find myself attracted to a straight man because, you know, I'm attracted to all men potentially, right? Let me just be very clear. Not all men, just the people I have chemistry with. Uh, but I also want to say, like, the, the issue here is that if it's not reciprocated or mutual, there's no point in it. Like, there's no point in moving forward and, and just moving on beyond that. So that goes back to compatibility. The compatibility piece is if the chemistry is what draws you to each other, then those beginning conversations are probably about what you might have in common. So the compatibility piece is... Are you into the same things? Do you have the same life goals? Are you in the same stage of life? Do you have the same? I don't know. What do you think about like levels of ambition? Oh, yeah. You know, what I would say about that is we're already now into the communication phase of the four C's. Like you get into this chemistry and you find yourself drawn to someone and then you need to start communicating about all of the things you just mentioned. But, you know, um, yeah, I love that conversation about like aspiration and motivation. And you and I talked about this in grad school. My very, very first professor, my very first day of grad school said at least 50 percent of you will not be with the person you're with right now. I feel like and I've heard somewhere and I feel like it was Jay Shetty, who's my new Thera crush. What they say, relationship experts say like that ourselves. we think that 
chemistry fades at like what, six to nine months when we've been together for a while, that chemistry fades. So people that are really feeling the lust, the sexual desire, the magnetic physical pull that are considering that to be the only form of chemistry, that does fade a little bit. And so what happens is the people that have this unconscious pull towards the conquest and towards like the the sexual desire i think after that new relationship energy that that chemistry phase 1 fades a bit they're hungry for more they get bored they get tired they're looking around for the next conquest because it's like a drug that new relationship energy but so if chemistry doesn't actually fade but it deepens to another level, and maybe that's the emotional chemistry that you were talking about, then chemistry doesn't actually fade. The only thing I think about that is twofold. I would say what I've noticed, even in my couples that I've worked with who have been together for years and years and years and years and years and decades at times, if, they're, if they started with that solid kind of pheromonal, uh, instinctual kind of chemistry, the resiliency to the ups and downs and challenges of the world is much higher. Whereas people who did not start with that, who, you know, I've actually heard some people who talk about like, I didn't want to kiss that person on the first date. I didn't feel any sort of like desire to like touch them or hold them or hug them on the way out. Whatever their decision-making is about that first date. I get concerned about that. Yeah. And I don't think that you can do anything about that. Like either it's there or it's not. I agree. However. Even if you have that kind of chemistry, but you don't have the compatibility, I say you're doomed. I would agree with that. So the word deepening is kind of a curiosity to me. Like I like, I like the concept because the other pieces of your relationship will solidify in a way that I think makes it easier to, to be resilient to those ups and downs and challenges, which I want to say, you know, one thing about chemistry that I think too is, you know, going back to like, I think our culture just has a general sort of difficulty and this feels like an abrupt sort of like addition to this, but we struggle with listening to our bodies and ourselves that way. Like we have shame about sexuality, I think, especially, you know, for people who are possibly in, in categories of this world. Like if a, if a dude has an attraction to another dude, it's not an initial oftentimes comfortable thing. Hopefully it is because hopefully we live in a world where we recognize that people are attracted to who they are and there should be no judgment or uh, difficulty with that. But I think there's, of course, internalized stuff that people deal with when that when that chemistry shows up and they're like not sure what it is. So I think it's really important to, you know, acknowledge that 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 sort of instinctual piece that you're talking about really can sustain. And so the word deepening is a nice way of looking at that. I think the other piece, like when you talk about and I, I would call that infatuation and lust, by the way, I think there's another piece of that where. That's six to nine months, and I don't I don't put any sort of limit on it. I also think it depends on who you are and whether you're comfortable kind of letting yourself feel those things based on your past and traumas and other past relationships and dynamics. So there's a lot that goes into kind of acknowledging and letting yourself feel that. It's always full circle, right? It because is. how much of this depends on our ability to feel a sense of self-worth that we deserve good things. So even if we, there are there people that don't lean into chemistry 
because they feel really scared by it or they feel like they're not attracted to the right people. They're not attracted to someone that their parents would approve of or society would prove of, approve of. And yeah. so they shut themselves down early and maybe they don't even listen to those attractors. I have another question about this. I must ask a question about this. Um, Talia, what do you think about the idea? Like, you know, I've had people suggest that it it's something that can grow. Like you don't initially feel it and then eventually it, it's something that grows. I'm not too hip on that idea because I don't think that's how chemistry really works in the way that we're talking about. What do you think? I think that emotional chemistry grows. I Fair. think that if you meet someone and you're slightly repulsed, I don't think that that changes and that grows, but people can change the way that they see others. Like you have a coworker, right? Or you see somebody for years in a certain way, and then maybe you can have some sort of interaction where you see a different side of them or you smell them and they smell really good or they are looking at you differently or they're exuding maybe a sexuality that they don't normally exude or, and I also have talked to a lot of people who they feel are 100% incapable of feeling any kind of sexual attraction to anyone unless they have a safety or a relationship first. So they would even say that that physical sexual attraction depends on the emotional attraction. Or in the case of a sapiosexual, which identifies as being attracted to someone based on intellect. Is that a thing? It is. <gasps> it is indeed. Can you be a sapiosexual plus abs? <laughs> you can, but I don't think the abs would be noticed because your intellect is what draws that person. But it isn't just physical, right? It's not just about the physical for some people, but even with a sapiosexual experience, what I have have learned from people who experience attend, uh, attraction that way is that eventually there does need to be a physical connection as well. But it starts with that intellect, which might be going to what you said, Talia. It might be that what you're talking about is that emotional chemistry for some people is is what can deepen the physical. But that that goes back to the question, like, can you fall in love with someone? Can you fall in lust with somebody where that physical is not there initially? The people that are falling in love are skipping that lust phase yeah. and they might never have that kind of chemistry. You know, I always kind of come around to believing certain things are generalities about human condition and behavior, right? But I also think there's a piece of this where at the end of the day, I always think there's differences in all of us. And so what somebody kind of comes to me and says is what I believe unless I see anything to the contrary. And really, when you think about every aspect of our, like I was walking down my hallway of my office building the other day, and there was somebody who had worn a perfume or a cologne that felt ridiculously familiar to me. And it wasn't necessarily chemistry, but it was a sensory like connection. And I found myself wanting to find that person. And so if you happen to be single, Take a note right now that you need to make sure that your hygiene is fantastic and that you actually look really appetizing to a passerby. So this is what I want to say about that. 
I have several people that I've worked with who actually really prefer that hygiene not be perfect, that there be no deodorant, a little musky, pheromonal, instinctual animal. So I would say not all the time. Well, that's so interesting. And that just goes to show it is, just... it is not one size fits all. Right. I am not really into BO, although... You just need to really trust yourself and what your experience is. Emotional, physical, if the you're feeling a magnetic pull, if you feel like you've known this person for a thousand years, even though you've just met, if you are looking into their eyes and you just can't get enough, you have amazing chemistry. But that doesn't always translate to the emotional chemistry part, which might be a little bit more about compatibility and communication. And which you learn through, go ahead. And Doug's other 12 C's, <laughs> chlamydia. That feels wrong. <laughs> um, there's lots of C's though, but I agree with that. You know, one of the important pieces that's really, really complex in this conversation is that based on our history, right? Like if we have traumatic pasts, if we have abuse and neglect in our history, it might be a tougher experience to try to connect to somebody and attach to that person. So it's important that people know themselves. And it's really, you got my gist of my comments correct, Talia, which you typically do, um, that I really do believe, listen to yourself and trust your gut. And if it's just not there, it's not there. I think the other piece I want to say, so many people have that chemistry and they just, they, they, uh, they grab onto it. And in some ways I think have a really hard time if it feels like it goes away or if it feels like it's waning or the relationship takes a different turn. People are so longing for that initial experience and that connection physically that they forget to really listen to themselves. And I've said this on a previous episode as well. Like if you see something, say something. If something doesn't feel right, say something. Because you can have immense physical chemistry with someone and it does not necessarily translate to a long-term relationship in any way, shape, or form. By the way, I just want to say, you know, we talk a little bit about, you know, waning chemistry, right? And how it changes in time. It can still be strong and it can help people be resilient. I have a filmmaker daughter and I've talked to her about like, wouldn't it be great to write a script for relationships that endure 10 years? And at every 10 years, you either renew the contract of your relationship or you don't. And I find that fascinating because that's the point, because I really do think as we get older as well, our, our bodies change, our experiences change. Ideally, we get more comfortable kind of being ourselves and identifying what our wants and needs are in the bedroom or wherever it is that you are physical. Um, kitchen, lawn, private lawn, hot tub. So there's a part of this where I think there's so many elements of this, but Going back to the initial question about like, what do you do on a date? I would absolutely say, listen to yourself, you know, um, good or bad. I've been on dates where I know within like five minutes, this is going nowhere. This person is not someone I feel connected to. I've had a lot of people, by the way, talk about tone of voice being an issue. And I guess on, I think it's hinge, the app hinge, the dating app hinge. I think you get to record your voice. And so I've had people even decline people or move forward with people on this app. I think it's Hinge um, based on tone of voice and based on like how somebody sounds and what their energy is. 
Because chemistry takes a lot of different forms. I, I always talk about all five senses, sight, smell, touch, feel, taste. All of them are important to pay attention to. Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. And then if the physical attractors move in a direction towards a deepening emotional connection, then the initial desire and lust with all of the things that you're describing, they're either going to deepen and your relationship is going to come into a new, richer, deeper phase where the desire is, what did you call it? The sapiosexual? I did. It sounds a little caveman, but I, it's the opposite. It's quite the opposite. I mean, I love that. So like attracted to intellect. So the longer you're with somebody, the hope is, is that the attraction and the desire is going to be about the conversations you're having, the depth of the conversations. If it's the person that you're wanting to tell everything about your day, that's a wonderful sign. If you feel like conversation is naturally flowing, then it probably always will be. If you have a comp, you know, a comparable communication style on that first date, it's probably going to continue. But if you're only attracted to their abs, you're in trouble because the longer you're together, the more likely you're going to have to find many other reasons to be attracted to that person. Unless, of course, you're clear that that's what you're looking for. Because, of course, some people are not looking for a committed relationship. And that goes to another whole, discrete, you know, maybe episode that we're going to have on, like, be clear on what you're looking for when you go on that date. Be clear if you're looking for a, a monogamous relationship or a significant relationship, or if you're looking for something more casual, in which case, abs or other body parts. I also want to say something that's really, really, really important. And I think people get kind of stuck, right? They're, they're so eager to have a relationship or feel connected. I notice that a lot in people uh, here in Minnesota. I notice a lot of people when it starts to get into the fall season feel like, I really want someone to cuddle with around the fire or spend those winter months with. And what I would say is there is somebody for everyone. There is absolutely someone for everyone. So no matter what your body type, no matter what your tone of voice is, no matter what your age is, no matter what any of those factors are, there is someone for everyone and do not settle. I remember I was listening to somebody and I, I'm sure everybody knows who this is and I don't uh, because I, I turned her off. She was on NPR and she was talking about like, women need to settle you know, if they want this relationship to work and if they want a family and they want a dude. And I was like, oh, I could not disagree more. Who was that? I, I don't know. And I remember shutting off the news be uh, or shutting off the, the radio because I was yelling. It's not good for anyone because then the you are going to be struggling with the grass is always greener syndrome all the time. If you know that you're settling, you know what, if you really want to settle because you're desperate for those eight long winter months that you want to be by a fire watching Netflix, get a dog. <laughs> or be clear with that person. I just want someone for the winter months. So you're good for that, but you're not something more. I'm big on honesty. I think just complete naked honesty is always, always the way to go. 
So I think, you know, and I don't want to be insensitive to something, you know, we have, we talk a lot about biological clocks at times where I think some women in particular feel like there's a time clock running. And I mean, no insensitivity to that issue as people are looking uh, to, to really find that mate that they can do that with. Of course, as a father of an adoptive child as well, I'm a huge, huge advocate toward that as well. Um, so I think there's a lot of ways. Sometimes if your desire to have a child is not in alignment with finding your perfect mate, then sometimes it's okay to just look at someone as the missing seed. You can say sperm. The missing sperm. Oh, that's such a great episode we need. To complete the picture. I also know of a handful of lovely people that have decided to just be single parents by choice because the timing didn't line up and they were so badly wanting a child, but their biological clock, their reproductive window was threatening to close. And so they went ahead and figured out alternative ways to have a baby by themselves. And in all of the cases, except for maybe one, they found love while pregnant or having that child. It all worked out. And this goes back, by the way, to a huge, huge support we should all have toward women being able to make their own choices. I just read something and I I didn't read the incomplete article online, but a gay couple was you know, pursuing adoption and doing it as quickly as they could before some laws might change. That is one of the saddest realities to me that anybody feels that pressure to not feel as a human being able to make those decisions. So I didn't mean to take a dark turn on that, but I feel really irresponsible if I don't. In summary, chemistry is incredibly important, but it's not everything. And so when you're thinking about how you're feeling about the person that you're at dinner with, if you are repulsed, that is probably not going to change. If you're bored, that's probably not going to change. If you're finding them beautiful or attractive, but not that interesting, I don't really think that's going to change either. I agree. You know, the thing that I want to say to all people listening to this, like, I, I, I feel like everyone's had an experience where they're really clear, like, I just feel really connected to that person. I really like them, or I, I think they're really attractive. And, and again, I'm going to say that that's different for everybody. I think a lot of people don't find what I think societal norms are attractive. And I think we all just have to really listen to, again, what draws us in. So trust yourself is the end result here. Trust yourself, listen to yourself, and behave accordingly, because again... Living an honest life is going to be a theme that I repeatedly say that applies to dating as well. Have a question for Doug or Talia? Email us your questions at questions at renotfine.com. Eligible questions will be randomly selected for upcoming episodes. For details, visit our website at renotfine.com. Also, as a special thank you to our listeners, we're offering 15% off our podcast wearables at we'renotfine.com. Join us every Tuesday for new conversations, new challenging topics, and fun.